Hey everyone, in this episode, I was on Justin Land's Philosovibe podcast. We discussed how to change limiting beliefs, rewire your brain for positivity, and a lot more using faster EFT and the law of attraction. Enjoy. What's the biggest obstacle to getting what we want? Limiting beliefs and expectations created by our past experiences. These limits create a subconscious attraction of what we don't want and block what we do want. But we can turn it all around with a powerful tapping tool called Faster EFT and leading edge law of attraction principles. In this podcast, life coach Mark Shahada explores both of these subjects with guests, as well as performs tapping demonstrations and sessions. Listen in and see for yourself how it all works. Welcome to the Tap It Out Podcast. Hello and welcome to the episode of Philosophy. I'm your host Justin Land, and today I have with me Mark Shahada. He's a coach and a faster EFT teacher trainer. Hello, Mark Shahada. <laughs> hey, Justin. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing. I'm doing awesome. And nothing to complain about. Um, complain about? Well, you know, I mean, today's. You know, we have our challenges during these times, don't we? Um, definitely nothing to complain about. Um, it, it is, it, I have to be diligent in keeping positive, staying away from the news. Right. You know, I think it's good for all of our mental health. And, <laughs> and keeping up with, with what I'm focusing on, you know, mm. focusing on positive things, what I'm grateful for. And, you know, if I didn't do that, I think I'd be in trouble. Could, oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay. Now it's easy to get caught in that trap. Yeah, it's because it, it's the standard default is to complain and look for things that are going wrong in the world and in one's own surroundings. And I think of people like yourself and I. A lot of people realizing that it's a perspective thing. And yes, I guess the I, maybe we start that with like the idea of positivity for you. It's so. A lot of people, you know, just just be positive about things. I mean, it, if a lot of people, of course, will say that that's what does that even mean? I mean, it seems kind of naive, and you know, it's it's. Uh, what do you think about that side of things? I, I'm happy you brought that up. That's um, you know, I I do have some, something to th- say about that. Um, I before I do though, I want to explain the uh, the background. This is a uh, this is the faster EFT logo. Robert Smith's logo for Faster EFT, and we've been doing trainings. And uh, you know, I I didn't know I had this on when when uh, until we got on Zoom, and J- Justin was like, "Okay, just keep it." So I'm going to keep it and represent Faster EFT. Look, no, it looks Thanks. awesome. I love the, I mean, the graphics there, man. It's definitely futuristic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it just kind of very cool a little bit sometimes. So you know, but but the positivity, like like old self help, is the positive thinking. Stay positive, be positive. Now and you know, say your affirmations and things like that, and do the vision board. Well, that's good. That's fine and dandy. But I believe if you have, and this is the faster EFT mindset, and I'll, we'll get more into that if you want to, as far as the tapping, faster EFT tapping. Sure. But the mindset is, if you have lots of, let's say. If you're holding on to anger, if you have traumatic memories, experiences, and you're holding on to these things, and maybe sub- mostly subconscious that you have these in your life experiences, 
and you try to put you try to be positive over that um, it, you're not going to be that successful so what we what we believe is first uh, let's see going back to the memories and and you know quote unquote healing them making peace with them changing how we're holding those uh, bothersome memories traumas things that make us angry and then we tap that down to a zero and then we put the positivity there. So now you have space for the positivity. You're not just putting uh, what, what Abraham Hicks would say. If you have an empty tank, do you go fill up your, your gas tank or do you just put a happy sticker over the gas tank and pretend <laughs> that you're not on empty, right? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So putting positivity over yourself when you're – if I'm having a very, very stressed day and I try to be positive, sometimes it's not going to work. Sometimes it's not going to work until, let, let me, you know, in, in my uh, modality, the tapping, let's tap down the negativity first. Let's tap down the stress what, and let's figure out what's going on. What am I thinking to cause the stress? And then we do that. And then the positivity is more natural. Actually, the positivity is more natural. We're, we're positive naturally. Mm. So it just kind of comes up when we, you know, the, we, we, lots of times I'll have a client and we'll tap out the negativity and then all of a sudden they'll see the, the positivity come in. If they're mad that they're fo- mad at their father, they would say, oh, you know what? I did have good memories with him that they weren't able to see because they're fogged with the negative. Mm. So that's just the idea of what I feel about positive thinking. No, that's a good point. It's it's basically those, you know. I, I think it if it is you're you're carrying around your luggage with you, your beliefs, and you're gonna have some positive and some limiting ones are you can call kind of negative. But in the end, it's just because they're limiting and they're it doesn't they don't feel quite as uplifting. So uh, the idea is that the tapping aspect will reprogram you to. Is it a de-anchoring these triggers? Is that what you, how you would describe that in some way? And anchoring um, at first a neutral thing and then more of a positive interpretation through the physicality of that? Yeah, I mean, de-anchoring is a good way to say it. Um, lots of times we'll have these memories. When we have, say, let's say, traumatic memories, we're we creating links in our, in, our, uh, in our brain, our neural pathways. So let's say I speak up in a class uh, when I'm 12 years old and the teacher makes fun of me and all the, and all, and everyone in the class laughs. And so, and then I'm humiliated and I'm traumatized by that. Um, I see everyone, I hear everyone laughing. I look at their faces and the teacher, and then my brain records that. And what it does is it links, let's just say, for example, public speaking, speaking up with pain and humiliation. So then that becomes, you know, um, neuroscientists say that uh, neurons that are fired together are wired together. So the neurons of public speaking and speaking up, speaking out loud and, and the pain and humiliation is linked together and it's almost hardwired. So then naturally I'm going to be, let's say, afraid to speak in public. Mm. I'm just going to naturally have that because this coping mechanism inside of me is trying to keep me safe. doesn't want me to feel that humiliation again. So when we tap, yeah, we de-anchor, we, de- we 
take away that link of humiliation and, and talking in public, speaking up. We tap that out and we change actually that memory of what, how it happened. We change how I, we don't change what happened, but we change how I hold what happened. Mm -hmm. And since I make, I'm making it up anyway, cause it happened a long time ago. I will go back to that memory. I will tap out the humiliation, what I saw, how I'm holding it, tap it down to a zero, like you said, neutral. And then I would ask myself, well, now that it's neutral, what, what would I have preferred to happen? So now I have the space to imagine, well, it would have been nice if I spoke up and my t- the teacher loved me and the, the kids, everyone applauded. So then I create that new story and I practice it and now I'm creating that new link. So it is a de-anchoring of the negativity and then creating a new anchoring of positivity. I do like that. I think that it's possible to do all this stuff in your mind and, and you can even perhaps even without the tapping or, but I feel like there is something that there's a certain way of, how do you, not just anchor, but grounding certain things and then with an actual physical action or a feeling like, I guess the tapping is, somehow a relaxing uh, yes. feeling that uh, it's hitting acupuncture points. I'm guessing uh, known in Chinese medicine, is that where it kind of comes from the, the That's narrative right. stuff? Or? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, as far as I know the, the what the, the old Chinese traditional way of looking at the Meridans and the points seems to this day, accurate you know it's amazing back then they, you know it's like they literally knew these connections in a way that we're beginning just to discover you know if you touch if you touch your to- bottom toe that might have an effect on your heart or something and although it makes no logical sense necessarily right why would right why would the body have these this going a little bit off track but maybe it's relevant like these specific points related to in your case we were talking about was also um I guess uh, this might be an interesting question, like the idea of tapping to say, uh, is it from what I did last time with you was more on the face. And um, I guess, would that be relaxing of expression and um, whatnot, but could one do that on other parts of the body and maybe get a slightly different effect to cope with other kinds of emotions or uh, beliefs? Yeah, well, you know, the, uh, Robert Smith created faster EFT from EFT. So EFT tapping, there's EFT tapping. Robert Smith uh, studied EFT, and then he studied how we hold on to problems in our brain, and he studied uh, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and hypnosis. And he, com- and he combined it, the EFT and all these modalities into a simple thing called faster EFT um, or uh, eutaptics is also called eutaptics. Mm-hmm. And so the idea as far as the meridian points and the acupressure that is connected, so this this acupressure point is connected to organs in our body. This one's connected to other organs. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, you know, releasing, the EFT's idea is when you, when you uh, tap or apply pressure here, you're releasing stored energy, negative stored energy in, in the organs. And we de-emphasize that part. I mean, it is, you're right, acupuncture has been working for years. Um, but the way I, Robert Smith, when he understood the brain, and it's exactly what you said, you can do this without tapping. So tapping is just one way, we call it a defrac, 
one way to defrack your, your mind when you are in the trauma of it. If, if you're going to that memory when I was in, in school and the teacher laughed at me and then I have a practitioner tap or I tap on myself, I'm breaking the trance of that and softening, like you said, and relaxing the neurons that are all connected. Now, if I do that without tapping, I can go into the trauma of it again, see her face and hear everyone laughing at me, and then I can watch a video of babies laughing. And then that will add, and then that might make me laugh or make me have a good feeling. And so also neuroscientists know that memories are updated every time you visit it. This is just, this is all scientific. Neuroscience, if you, every time you up, every time you visit a memory, it is updated with how you're feeling in the moment. Mm -hmm. So when I go and see the teacher making fun of me and the, and hear the kids laughing at me, and then I watch the baby's laughing video, that humor is added to that memory and it softens the negative part of it and it adds humor. And then let's say someone, a practitioner is tapping on me and it has me go back to it and then they make a joke and I think it's hilarious. I add that humor and so we're scratching the record of the negative link. Mm-hmm. And so yes, meridian points and, and you know, this 6,000-year-old Chinese philosophy uh, as far as acupressure is, is going on as well. But again, we do this without tapping as well too. Mm-hmm. Tapping is just one way to defrack and to interrupt the the trance of the negative memory. Absolutely. The what do you think about like the understanding the message of these limiting beliefs that are actually really anchoring? Um, yes. Say for the so the idea that I, I may have a fear of public speaking because I can link it to perhaps that memory and through maybe I didn't know about that before that that memory was in my system. Right. And by shining light on that, I, I began to see that it was where it was picked up. But many limiting beliefs we can't really localize, and it's many things that have, have occurred, not just one occurrence that that you know, you know, that has all that weight. It's often just a, a gradual collecting of things that you know develop into a, whatever it can be a fear of flying or you know just a, other lackful limiting beliefs. Uh, and this, 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 you feel like it, that, that does that work best when one can really focus in on a particular memory or when it's just the, the idea itself that one discovers, Oh, okay. I, I'm, I don't have a, I don't know where this comes from, but I know what the belief probably is. This is a, a very good questions, Justin. Um, so what we do, we're very memory-based. You know, we, we will try to find memories. And, and we are trained as practitioners to ask a series of questions to find out where this belief is coming from and what, where this, where, what happened, what's the experience where you got this belief. So we have a series of questions that can get to, it's, it's like investigating, we figure it out, the memories, and we make a list of the memories and we, we, write, we rewrite them. So yes, almost always you, we can find what, what the experience or the experiences that are attached to that belief. And so when we, 
or the belief that is attached to the memories. And when we rewrite those memories and when we change them, the, the beliefs are collapsed. Mm. Because <clears throat> if let, let, okay, so let's say from that experience, I can have a belief that people are like the, the experience where I spoke up in public and the teacher laughed at me and my, and the kids laughed, you know, the, teacher made fun of me and the kids laughed. I'm sorry. It's kind of early for me and I'm waking up here. It's not perfect, Mark. I understand. Keep going. All right. Thank you. And so, so I might form beliefs at that point. Let's say, let's say, and and you start to form a worldview. Like people aren't not, let's say I say people aren't nice. You know, people, I have to watch out what I say because people are going to laugh at me. And this teacher, I can form um, a, a belief system about teachers or my, or some certain friends or this specific teacher. And I'll have beliefs. So you create your beliefs from experiences. And so when I changed, when I tap that down and make peace with this and, and rewrite it, the beliefs are collapsed, you know, and then I can say, well, what belief would I rather? So when you recreate the story, you can say, well, what would I like to believe about this now? Oh, I believe that when I speak up, people listen, people are very nice and people, and I'm supported and I'm loved and people, and I can help people. Mm. And so now if we can't find the memories that are attached to the negative limiting belief, we can just, we can just tap directly on this negative limiting belief until you don't, we have a, we have a process to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And we, and then we can also, this is very subconscious work. So while we're tapping, we can make commands to the subconscious saying, whatever this is, whatever this belief is attached to, let it go. What, mm-hmm. you know, whatever this is, let it, let it all go. This belief, let it go. And we tap that down your belief about it. We tap down your buy-in to that belief to a zero. And then we, we place, well, what would you rather believe? And then we tap that belief up until it's a hundred percent that I really do believe that. Hmm. That's nice. I mean, so it, uh, do you feel like it's faster if one does localize the belief, the, the, the actual memory that's associated yeah. with it, and then one can color it and play with that aspect? And change. I do. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's very nice. Power, more powerful because hmm. you have these imprints, these primary imprints, this source, there's a source experience that can happen that, from that experience creates new experiences, new experiences, and new experiences that, that all are in alignment with the first thing that happened. So maybe that first experience, I might have another time when I spoke up and the same thing happened because now this is where the law of attraction kicks in exactly. and, I, and the brain is just manufacturing my belief system. And mm-hmm. so now it happens again. I, yeah, and I go, yep, every time I speak up, this is what's going to happen. So when I go to that first experience that time, it collapses the other ones and it weakens the other memories. So we don't have to go to every memory where that happened. We go to the original one and then we go to the big ones and then we can touch on the other ones and those fall much faster when we get to the original. I I think that, um, I mean, obviously one of the problems with the memory aspect is that the most developmental area times in our life we don't have really many memories of you know obviously from one to three people may have a one or two memories if, if any and then then they develop their personality obviously after three four five and then you have more memories and but the influence of obviously the 
those first couple years, uh, that's where it's, you know, you're being molded into beliefs that uh, don't necessarily serve you later in life. And um, yeah, that's, but I do definitely think that one can go about it both ways. Um, and as far as like a, a coach, you, did you start, I mean, what did, what method were you using, use different methods and did you, did you kind of start coaching and then come towards fast of EFT or what was your? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I started um, as a law of attraction coach. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, certified in, as a law of attraction approach. And then I got my life coach, general life coach certification. This is before I found faster EFT. Mm-hmm. So when I found faster EFT, it's what I was looking for. I'm like, oh man, this is the, you know, be, back then I called it, how do you remove blocks to what you want? You know, mm-hmm. blocks to allowing the law of attraction to work. And so then I found this and I, I found EFT first and then I found Robert, Robert Smith's faster EFT. And I'm like, all right, this is the, this is the thing that I want to learn, the modality. And I scrutinized him. I don't just jump on any modality. Mm-hmm. I scrutinized uh, his belief system. And his belief system had law of attraction as the foundation mm-hmm. and other very positive beliefs, very smart and positive belief systems. And so, yeah, then I found Faster EFT and I went all in and mm-hmm. I studied and studied. And um, Did you do it on yourself, obviously? Because this is like... Um, it's a technique that the nice thing about the tapping is that it seems like it's something you can do on, on yourself and uh, absolutely somebody, uh, but it, it obviously it helps to have somebody um, feeding you or guiding you with that, that process. Uh, but you found that it helped you personally uncover yes. and change them. Yeah. You know, I, I'm someone who um, got good at, looking at myself and working on myself. So a lot of people, they, they have trouble tapping on themselves. And with my clients, I like to really get, have them learn how to do this well. It's, a, it's an art to doing it. And there's a learning curve to doing it. I wanted to really get good at tapping on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, I wasn't good at receiving help because I've been kind of independent my whole life as, with that. And that was actually something that I had, had to, had to learn and still have to learn to get better at receiving help. Um, people tapping on me and helping me, boy, I remember the, in the beginning, it was really hard for me. Mm. So, but yes, we teach this. I don't want my client to be reliant on me. I want to empower my clients mm. and have them. This is a tool I use. I can use uh, every day and, mm. and you can use it for big memories and big things or just today I'm waking up and I'm in a blah mood and, let it go. Whatever this, whatever this is, let it go. Whatever I'm telling myself, let it go. Mm. And you do it and you're persistent. So yes, it's something that you do for yourself. And I, that's what, that's one of the biggest things that attracted me to Robert is he was on YouTube teaching people how to tap on themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I like this now because it's not about money. It's about helping people. And that was another big green flag for me. No, definitely. and I, I see the roots in NLP, and I, I, I'm definitely appreciative of that too. I went, you know, read a lot of stuff from Tony Robbins, and he, yeah, and his uh, his power poses, and uh, you know, replaying the film as if everybody in that situation, that memory is a, a baby, you know, and, and like making it funny, like you said. That's and, right. You know, I think that it um, 
I think that being playful with this stuff is very important too. I think that like uh, if you make it into a kind of a, a an easy game, and and I've seen this actually another uh, technique. I don't know if it's quantum Chinese healing technique. I was at a seminar once, and what what they do there, um, a little bit different than theirs, but somebody holds their arm out, right? And maybe you've seen this where, uh, and they like oh, a muscle test. Muscle yeah, test. Yeah, but do you, do you have this belief or not? And and then they, if right. they resist, they, they, they keep on hitting it until it doesn't resist anymore. And yeah. that, that was interesting because the person in front, when they did this on a couple of people, they were really saying it does. That's what's happening. They 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 were resisting that. Like like, or do you believe you're healthy or something? I guess would be right. Questions. The person, all the other questions, they went down immediately. And this one they didn't. But the mind was trying to say yes. I'm. I am healthy, but the body was saying no. And that's uh, where the intelligence of the body kind of trumps over the mind that thinks it knows what's going on. I mean, to, and, and what you're doing, I think it seems like you're talking also to the body in a way that subverts the, the ego beliefs about, you know, um, what it is. Am I, am I correct? Does that feel like? You're, you're absolutely correct. Um, what my computer wants me to update and i want to get rid of this now pick a time you need, you need update. Oh, i'll just i'll just get rid of, i'm not going to update now um <laughs> That's awesome. yeah you know um what are we talking about no about the going to the body first because it's all oh, right okay sorry thank like, you yeah you know yeah, a lot of this work we do yeah, yeah you, you know you it, you're right a lot of this work we do is bypassing the conscious mind which mm. is the egos and and belief systems and go straight to the body, which is a subconscious, the subconscious mind. The body um, is listening to the mind, you know, as the mind believes and thinks the body responds. And that's why we can have illnesses and pains. The body's just responding to emotional things that have gone happened to us. And so, you know, then we, we know that through the, also the fight and flight response and things like that. So this tapping is very subconscious and you're right. The body, when you do a muscle test, this is subconsciously the body knows if what you're really feeling or what you really believe. And we just do that this, this in a similar way, but just through tapping and through questions and different ways that we know uh, how people are responding. Mm -hmm. So when we're tapping, it's very, sub, very much subconscious work, mm -hmm. subconscious commands. And we tell, we have tricks to have people not think about, we tell, don't think about what we're saying and, and uh, don't be, so we're into the problem. And then when we're tapping, we're out of the problem. So don't think about it. Feel your fingertips on your skin and just say, just repeat. And so this is very much subconscious. Oh, that, 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 that sounds like a, I can see why that does work. And, and it, is, it speaks to what, uh, what you often get with, I guess, clients, I'm, I'm assuming where they, they may want to uh, deny something, you know, or I'm, I'm, you know, with a frown on their face, I'm doing great. Right. And so like you're saying, well, your body is telling me something different. <laughs> and you don't Absolutely. Want, you don't want to say it till the ego, you know, and then you get, to, then you're starting on that level of, you know, just deny, you know, denying that this is true or not. But if you speak to the, the body, I think that the, and you see what the person is doing and you kind of, 
without even the mind recognizing what, you know, Tony Robbins does it very masterfully. When he's talking to somebody, he'll tap them on the shoulder. And I've right. seen with others like hypnotist Darren Brown. Right. And it's a way of, AI making them do as, you know, kind of steer them in a way, you know, but uh, obviously he's instilling, you know, you're a great guy, right. You know, like tapping him on that point. He's, he's creating anchor points as well. Exactly. That's what, yeah. And then and anytime he touches that part, that person's going right. to associate that with, you know, a good feeling and a good thought. And, uh, and when I, you know, with a, such a physical person like that, you know, he has no boundaries either. Cause like for you, I mean, um, I, I don't know if you're like actually touching the the client or they're doing it to themselves or what is the both both works. Um, most of my clients or we most of my sessions are over the phone, mm -hmm. so they just do, I, I guide them and they're just doing it for themselves. That okay. works fine as well. Yes, no, it's it's uh, there's there's uh, but there is something uh, you know a dramatic effect that happens when one gets how does something out of the norm physically in a. A session like I've I've seen, I've seen Tony Robbins do it where he he grabs somebody's face you know really a violation of many right. boundaries and tells them you know you're you know you got to understand you're doing something that doesn't serve you and like to get that physical is you know he ha he has to be very comfortable with his own presence yeah. Yes, you know, and that is a defrac. You're, so he sees people in a trance, and, and our defracs, or yeah, our defracs has to be bigger than the trance. So if he saw someone who's really in a trance, he grabs them, he, and he shocks them out of the past, out of their belief system, out of what they're telling them, into the present moment, and it's a defrac. It's a, it's a trance breaker, mm. you know. And what you were saying earlier was excellent as far as, you know, he may be a person, a client may be saying one thing, but the body is saying something different. Mm -hmm. So we look at physical acuities. It's called physical acuity as far as how you can read um, people's, people's faces and what the body is really telling them. Mm -hmm. And also even we, you know, if they look up one way, they're accessing a different part of the memory. If they look up this way, you know, and so there's different ways to um, – be able to access, you know, what where they're going in their mind. Exactly. If they're th if they're recalling a memory or something going right up, right, you know, there's different. And then if they're getting really right. thoughts about emotions or something looking down. Very good. Uh, and I, that's that's N L N L P, right? Yeah. That's, and uh, I think there's something to that. Definitely, it it is. Uh, you know, they do that with if somebody's lying or you know they. You can kind of tell what, because the eyes are supposed to be the, the you know the gateway to the soul, right? Right. And, uh, yeah. And we have some sort of um, how do you say? Yeah, I think that we've been trained. If we want to talk about eyes. This is my I don't know if this is related to EFT, but the idea of like looking in people's eyes for a long periods can be very uncomfortable. You know, although it's like, isn't that the best way of communicating? You know, and then right. no, I, I don't. You know, that's how I, I, used to, I used to have a hard time doing that, looking yep. at someone's eyes. Oh, such a hard time doing that. And I think that was just, it was an insecurity that I had. I, I don't know what it is. Looking in someone's eyes, maybe you're afraid they're, they're going to, uh, you're something about a connection and maybe you're afraid what they're going to see inside of you as well. Exactly. I yeah. Yep. 
I mean, it's the idea of oneness, you know, that's, that's really what's going on. Like people like the, and I think that, um, yeah, we've been trained to, you know, look down and, uh, in, and I even think that looking up out, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, the idea of look up on the brights, you know, look, look on the bright right. side, up. literally, if you walk around and you look up in the sky, you know, you're in the city and I've noticed that like, it's a totally different world. You know, you, right. you know, literally our, even our visual field, you know, if you start looking upwards, you can see a lot of beautiful things and not so many problems. Also, if you're from space looking down, obviously you don't see any problems either. It's just when you're, you know, down here in the, you know, in the, in the, these trenches of life, you know, you know yeah. you're walking these pathways and literally it's, uh, you know, it's, I think it's really re- reinforcing you know, beliefs and, and about who one is and what's, what's important or not important. And, and then I think that's training people to even about the eyes. Cause I noticed with the DFT, what you're doing when we did last time, you were focusing a lot around the eye, eye areas, which is obviously the visual aspect. So is there, there's association with that? Are you, is there some sort of visual aspect to that? You know, you know, we'll do that in a different way. I, I, these uh, these points aren't connected to the eyes directly, or or the the main connections. Uh, they're they're connected to different organs. Right. Um, but we do, yeah, we do different ways as far as um, and it, this work faster EFT is more NLP than EFT. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, we do do tricks with how are people seeing things. Um. So seeing something could be a memory. So because sometimes people will have experiences and they'll shut off their emotions. So they don't feel anything, but they can see their father in their face angry. Mm-hmm. So then we'll do NLP tricks. We'll shrink that. We'll make it black and white. We'll make it fuzzy. And we'll push it far away. You know. But um, yeah, as far as these points, they are close to the eyes, but I don't. I don't think they're connected. Right. Uh, as far as the acupressure points, but I, I'm not sure myself. No, I mean, it's uh, like uh, for, for me, it feels like, uh, you know, I, I'm nearsighted as well. And it's like, you know, just my body's telling me like, I'm trying to search for things, you know, like I'm really like focusing on, you know, on details. And of course, yeah. I think, you know, I think had, the body is a symbolic representation of thought it is thought you know absolutely so if we can and some things are very obvious you know and and i think the person has to interpret it from himself in the end with you can have help but like it's such an you know it's our unique car that nobody else has ever driven and you know you know all the ins and outs of it so how you know yes it's uh and there's definitely you know, it's, it gives us signals. Like, for instance, if somebody came to you with, I mean, actually last time I had this thing, I don't know if you remember where I said, or something on my back, and actually it's gone. I don't know if it was EFT that got rid of it, but. Very good. It's not awesome. there. Uh, so maybe it did help. And, um, and like, so the idea of physical things, uh, like, uh, do you, um, do you, uh, when you're tapping, do you look at also, is there a limiting belief there that you focus on as well? Like, like some sort of insecurity and in, that's being represented by that part of the body. Can one make these assumptions as well? Oh, sure. I mean, there's different, 
Um, there's actually books. Uh, Louise Hayes has books and we have books that we have to study as far as, you know, if you're having trouble, if you have nearsighted, what is this telling you? And Louise Hayes will have a list of things that it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other books as well. Um, Metaphysical Anatomy, I believe is one of the, the names of one of them. Um, but we're also, we, we, again, we have a series of questions to figure that out. Like, for example, when did it first happen? What was going on in your life uh, when this happened? When you think about this, how does that make you feel? And so what we, what we say is that your current problems are, are, um, are metaphysical. Um, is it, what does he say? We call it a metaphysical experience of the original problem Mm -hmm. and it's a uh it's uh it's like a symbolic so sometimes if if you're having trouble with your legs and you have leg pain then you're the idea of moving forward in life you know you might be afraid uh, of your future um so it's not metaphysical. I can't, I can't think of the word. But no, I, see, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's the expression of consciousness, which is intelligence through all forms, you know, and it's like, I think the, what we, the ego persona thinks is, it thinks it's the, the most intelligent thing around. And it's realizing right. it isn't. And that's pretty scary when your body, and it will tell you in very, intimate you know very obvious ways like you know if if you can't go to work tomorrow your body will make you not go to work although you have a belief that you have to go in you're gonna you're gonna get fired your body can make it so bad exactly that you you physically would be impossible and guess what that was the greatest thing you ever did just for your work as well you find out while you were gone all those problems just disappeared and wow so that's the most direct way that higher consciousness or whatever can communicate often is, you know, through, through the body, through, um, obviously, you know, it's, 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 you know, it feels like, you know, the, the only issue is can the persona ego submit itself to saying like, Oh, I am creating this, you know, it, it, I'm creating this quote problem, you know, with my body and it's not something that's happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm-hmm. I have cancer or something that, you know, how do you deal with that? I mean, when people uh, have to switch, well, they don't have to switch, but when they have resistance to this idea that it's for them, right. do you have that, that coming up for you as well? Oh yeah. That's very good. Um, yeah, we have different ways of kind of integrating the the ego and the conscious mind with the subconscious. You know, we want to be an integrated being where we're we kind of bypass the conscious and and it's in alignment with you know these messages that we're getting. Um, and so, if someone, yeah, you know, that's why we will buy when we're tapping we're automatically bypassing some of the resistance and the conscious mind. That's why we tell them, you know, don't think about it. Just do it. Don't, don't think just tap. Um, and we will, we can tap on that very resistance because the resistance is also keeping them safe. 
they, they think it is, you know. And um, if I'm creating, if I'm making myself sick, what does that mean about me? I'm, I'm a bad person or, I, or maybe I don't deserve to be well, you know. But I like what you said about like if, you, if you're really sick uh, and you can't go to work the next day, the idea, let's say Abraham Hicks would say, it doesn't have to start off with pain. It'll start off with, you know, maybe a, a thought, um, some kind of a message. And if you ignore that, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So the more we're aligned with ourselves and meditation helps with that, tapping helps with that, slowing down helps with that and listening to the messages and getting, I mean, that's an art, right? That's an art of being able to listen to the messages that are coming from your inner self, higher self, subconscious. It's all connected. It's all the same, I believe, uh, which is connected to the universe. So if you listened and you followed your instincts and you said, you know what, I'm not. So what would happen is, you might have a thought that says, I'm working way too hard and I'm stressing myself off, stressing myself out. And then, but the belief system, limiting belief system would say, no, but I got to go to work and I got to, I watched my dad push through it and I don't want to be, you know, I want to be a man. So I want to like work through it and, and work hard and struggle because that's how you make money is, you know, all these other belief systems can come uh, to play with this. But if I learn to listen to that just little intuition or that little message that says you need to relax, then if I just did that, then I wouldn't have to have this pain or to get this cold that's stopping me from going to work. Yeah. No, it is like, what communication are we going to listen to? I mean, most people don't, don't take seriously the inspiration that's coming to them constantly, you know, this flow of thought, you know, and, uh, Take it easy, relax. It's not important. We all get those. Right. Just like, you know, wait, no, no, but I have this appointment. I have this, you know, if I can't do this and I can't pay that. And, but when you realize, okay, wait a second, um, everything seems to, when you're going with the flow, everybody's had this experience. Things work without you doing anything. And yes. that's the magic state where I think would be constant if we just didn't interfere with it, with the idea of needing to make it happen at certain times or in specific ways. And that's where, yes, where we're, we're, we're not allowing life to be this natural flow and bliss of, you know, synchronicity. And, and uh, yeah, I think that it's, yeah, I think we're going a bit, back to also understanding more what animals already naturally understand that, you know, it's just, uh, you know, they, I think they listen to their bodies much more. And obviously, I mean, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then you can see that, uh, you know, and it's fine thing about animals. They, the only ones that have issues that like are psychological are ones that are like pets. That's right. <laughs> Which is a funny thing, like, you know, like you literally see a person, this is a totally different subject, but you know, you see a person walking down the street and the dog happens to have the same kind of limp as That's right. yeah. the person. I was like, okay, this is, this is definitely showing reality is one big mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Isn't it interesting? Weird stuff can happen.
No. You know, I, I do want to mention also, because I'm, I'm starting to become more nearsighted too, like you. Oh, okay. And the first cruise that I went on when I first met Gary, shout out to Gary and Joshua, Gary Bodley, <laughs> and the teachings of Joshua. That's how I got to know you, Justin. Yeah, yeah. And the first cruise I went on, when I met him and Kyla and Wendy and Astrid, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of, and and Deborah Joe and a bunch of other people, I was sitting on the beach with with Gary, and I was telling him, yeah, you know, I'm starting. I feel like I'm I'm like I'm having trouble seeing far away. And he doesn't do this often, but he but he just sat there and he goes, you know, I'm getting something. And he was getting something from Joshua wow. or his inner self or whatnot. And he says. And this is probably something that maybe you can think about as well. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, <clears throat> it's an idea of not needing to know the future, not needing to see th- so far, because it's just like you're talking about being in the flow and not needing to know and being okay with not knowing. And there's an art to that, right? The art of being okay in the unknown, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just embraced that. And and that's something I've been working towards for, for years and, and getting better at that and going with the flow of life and things, like you said, just happen. And I realize, we all realize we've been working way too hard at this, you know. Mm-hmm. And when we can trust and let go, this thing about faith, this thing about surrender, mm-hmm. you know, or what Abraham Hicks would call the art of allowing, right? Absolutely. There's an art to that, you know, and that, that's the practice. So the practice isn't trying to get shit done and trying to get the things that we want and to get this job and get this girlfriend and to get the money um, and get the body that we want. It's, it's surrendering and knowing and trusting that the inner self already and the universe knows everything that we want. Hmm. So, and they're helping, you know, the, if we get out of the way, they'll give us clues on our next step to do what we need to do and usually it's just just to chill out at first mm-hmm. you know that was my big thing was we have to we have to learn to chill out and to stop trying mm-hmm. that's the work it's yeah. really you're just kind of doing the opposite of what you think and what we're trained and how we're brought up to do well, that's a beautiful message i think uh you know uh, it, it does you know it, the idea that this game is supposed to be easy you know, obviously for creators, uh, we didn't create a, you know, something that will, you know, that doesn't serve a purpose other than torture and suffering. Uh, this is, this is a playground and uh, yeah. there's shortcuts and, and other ways. Like, I think like EF, EFT is definitely one, one of those ways for some people. And yeah, I, I like to maybe probably have to wrap this up a little bit because it's getting a bit late uh, and I, uh, the, the, the last mo- mo- message that you um, said, I think that's, um, that's hits on the nail and I'm thankful for your time, Mark. I really enjoyed this. Can we do another one tomorrow or are oh, you busy? Wow. Yeah, sure. If you want to do one tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow. Let's do one tomorrow. Okay. Wow. Very nice. So part two is coming up. Part nice. two. Definitely Mark. That was nice. I appreciate it. No, no I really enjoyed this, Justin. Thanks so much. It was, it, time just flew. It did. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It did fly, dude. What 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 time is it over there? Uh, eight o'clock. Eight. That's late for you. 
Well, I, uh, I'm no I, judgment. No judgment. No, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's not like um, after, I'm just doing a, another uh, like a Zoom jam session that's coming up. Sorry, to, it's, it kind of spontaneously came up uh, oh. that I organized something with some. Do you play an instrument or? I used to, yeah. So oh, you want, so, the production of music. I mean, if uh, yeah. you're definitely want, welcome to join. Uh, <laughs> no, I guess. I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, so you, what you're saying is that you cut our uh, interview short so that you can have music and, and have a jam session. I applaud you. Good, good work. Uh, yeah, and no, I'm very, <laughs> very professional. No, but I do, the podcast, I like to keep it. Uh, I know like Joe yeah. Rogan does his for like fucking four hours, but um, <laughs> It's no. It's like for me. It's uh, I like. Um, I I feel like I'm not at that level yet. Where you know, it's a, for me, I I probably start blah blahing at some point, and then it's like the people don't want to hear that either. It's like you know. I know. Now, I, there's also a belief that you know, fifteen anything over fifteen minutes is too much. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but maybe we'll get there. It's every time, and, I, and it does. Uh, you know, it does save stuff for later too, which is awesome. That you know, you can good maybe, point. Definitely. Yeah, I really enjoy this though. Thanks a lot, Justin. No, definitely. And uh, if how can people reach you or find out about you? You know, I think the best place is well, I have a podcast, so I have a podcast and a Facebook group. So the podcast is the Tap It Out podcast. You can find it anywhere: Spotify, uh, iTunes, or the you know Apple Podcast and Podbean. Uh, the Tap It Out podcast with Mark Shahada. And also I have a Facebook group. So if you just search Facebook in the groups for tap it out, you'll find my tap it out group and join that group. And then it's lots of just good information. It's just, it's very low key, nice, funny posts. And then we'll throw in some faster EFT. It's based off of faster EFT and um, upper level law of attraction thinking. So it's just a high level law of attraction thinking and uh learnings so awesome. that's i'll put them in the, the links in the description for anybody and uh thanks cool man have a wonderful it's uh starting i guess afternoon now you're it's about uh yeah have a good afternoon thanks so much justin have a good jam session thanks man Bye. Yeah. thanks for joining us on the tap it out podcast with mark shahada we hope you enjoyed it catch you next time